0: Mm. Welcome to movies, movies, movies. Hello, hello, and Andre. Andre. Hey,
1: just don't forget me. Just do not forget
0: me. Hello, Maya.
2: <laughs> how are you both?
0: I'm good. I've been hanging out with my dad because I went home for Christmas for the first time since COVID, since since you became the person we talked to on Mondays, and he's obsessed with you. Oh. He won't shut up about how cool he thinks you are.
2: Oh stop. 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 Yeah,
0: anyway, I have to save that for that. I'm
1: Happy so excited to talk about Friend Live with you guys. A company has taken us three years to finally review something that features Fran Lebowitz it's truly criminal that we've been depriving the movies 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 audience of a Fran work and now we're going to bring it and I hate to brag but I did find what is being claimed the last copy of Metropolitan Life
0: in Sydney which I'm going to buy straight after this Jen can you explain to the audience what we're doing today so Fran Lebowitz uh has a new show with Martin Scorsese it's them together it's just basically Martin Scorsese laughing at her first seven hours um And I guess it's his longest show on Netflix, After the Irishman, if you count it all as one progressive piece. But originally they did a film called Public Speaking, which was Fran just talking and walking about the city, and this is an extended version. And I would say that Public Speaking is probably the film Andre and I have watched together the most to just self-regulate after a bad week. Mm -hmm. So this was a true pleasure to start the year with, I think.
1: And we also have an interview with Natalie Morris, star of Bump. You've seen her on posters at every single bus stop. And you've also seen her on stand because people are watching the show and liking it. So we got to sit down and chat with her. Just like Baby Teeth. Just like Baby Teeth, we got to talk to her about scripts, America versus Australia, and how to be chill on set. That's coming up in the spotlight.
2: Well, let's jump into a little bit of movie news, huh?
3: Movie
1: news.
2: That's gossip. All right, crew. What's the latest?
1: I, okay, Jen. I know that we were supposed to start with the, the controversial W article called "The Most Resourceful Directors of 2020," but I'm reading <laughs> your news right now. The direct Michael Apted, the director of the James Bond movie that stars Denise Richards and had garbage do the theme. Oh, I love that song. Isn't I it love so that good? Intro. It must That's iconic. the
0: most James I'm Bond. sorry. I'm re- under- the
1: people re- who think that the best James Bond intro
0: is Jack White and oh no,
2: nice. well that's
0: what you think, but it's obviously Die Another Day,
2: hundred percent by Madonna, definitely um, Die Another Day. Die Another Day,
0: <laughs> day, another day. No, so right, so on point. And like Jen, this. tell tell us about Michael Apted. <laughs> so Michael Apted was famously the uh, the director who did The World Is Not Enough uh, with Denise Richards, uh, famous housewife. <laughs> And um, he also re- sort of went back every seven years, kind of similar to Real Housewives, but like a, little, a few more breaks in between um, from when these people in England were seven till the last one came out in 2019 when they were 63, and he really wanted to do 84, but he was going to have to live t- till 99, you know. Yeah. So I guess we won't see 84 up is the moral of the story.
2: Oh.
1: So famous director passed away. That's the news.
0: He regrets to cho- only choosing four women of the original 20 that he followed. He did say that at one point. And he kind dead. of stuck. And he died. He passed <laughs> away. Michael Apted. Did I not say that? Was that not clear?
1: You didn't say that, I don't think. Or maybe I wasn't listening because I was thinking about the controversial article in W Mag titled The Most Resourceful Directors of 2020, which is basically a a lazy listicle that's naming all the filmmakers <laughs> that had to, quote-unquote, adjust to the pandemic. But I wanted to talk about this on air because I'm insulted by this article. To say that Sam Levinson is a resourceful director... This is the director of Assassination Nation and Euphoria because he made... And the son
0: a, of Barry, Le- Barry Levinson. like a, of, He's and a nepotistic the, famous.
1: A nepotistic uh, indie american filmmaker who has son that's Money. To call him a resourceful director of 2020 because he grabbed Zendaya and made a film during lockdown with her. That is outrageous. When you have Netflix money, you do not get the title <laughs> of resourceful filmmaker. Okay, Colin...
0: the number one resourceful film on this list is the WAP music video.
1: That is so <laughs> baffling to me. How is that? And the reason why they call it resourceful is because they managed to get so many celebrities into one room. It's not hard to get celebrities into a room to do a music video, especially when it's Bacardi and Megan Thee Stallion. Colin Tilley is not a resourceful filmmaker. But Miriam Banani, this is the most... Controversial, Is, uh, resourceful director of 2020, because I don't believe that if you are an animator, you are technically resourceful because you are being put to the desk yes, every single Miriam, day. Miriam
0: Miriam genuinely responded to COVID in real time with animation, which I don't think anyone's ever seen before. Like Miriam really like grabbed the moment and created like an iconic, like timeless piece of art.
1: I would call that adapting. To 2020, but I wouldn't call it resourceful. I do not think that you can be a resourceful filmmaker because you use CGI instead of actors in real life. But that's just my personal take.
0: But I would say that I would say that Miriam's technique is resourceful to start with. So Miriam was already a resourceful filmmaker, and then made resourceful films during the pandemic.
1: And then a final piece of news is that supposedly my favourite <laughs> filmmaker Wonka Wai, is showing a retrospective at the Art Gallery in New South Wales. My favourite film of his is not My Blueberry Nights. That is famously the film that my mum fell asleep in and complained about non-stop since seeing it. But I can you describe
0: my, my blueberry Nights? who's in it?
1: please? My, my Blueberry Nights is a neo neo drama with Jude Law and Nora Jones. What I believe is set in a, a diner and mm, mm-hmm. it's I judging by the title and the trailer, I guess I'm guessing it is a 24hour film whereby two people fall in love over a slice of apple pie and Get, you know, jump around New York or some something like that. Trying I'm getting to...
0: Muffin, muffin energy. Also Natalie Portman's in
1: it. Natalie I'm Portman, definitely. Like this honestly just looks like an, a more art house version of Garden State, and I haven't seen it, so I think that's where I want to leave it, to be honest. But if you check out the Art Gallery of New South Wales website, you'll be able to clog any Wong Wai films that are playing as part of this retrospective and get tickets. Yeah,
2: damn. Well, shall we jump into a little bit of Grimes, Uh, remixed by Rez, it's violence from the Misanthropocene remix record, right here on FBI 94.5, on Movies, 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 on Mornings. on fbi 94.5 right there grimes with violence remixed by rez from her record miss anthropocene we're on movies 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 and it's time for take two
1: take two
2: i'm live with jen and andre uh, your favorite film lords and we are gonna dip into jen's review first of nomadland Do you want to give us a cheeky little a little uh, tidbit or shall we go right into a little preview?
0: We're doing Tale of Two Friends, this take two takes. Andre is whispering to a cat right now, which is really distracting, but it is also very cinematic. (laughs) Let's go to a trailer. All
2: right, here we go.
4: One of the things I love most about this life is that there's no final goodbye. I've met hundreds of people out here, and I don't ever say a final goodbye. Let's just say, "I'll, I'll see you down the road. And I do. I see them again. And I can be certain in my heart, I'll see you again.
2: Well, Jen, take it away.
0: Frances Inclusion writer McDormand parks her van and takes a noisy, stinky dump in front of every American sunrise in this slow, core, straight story, factual fantasia. It's like, I would say this film is realer than American Honey, but faker than honey. And Fran plays, like, this burger-flipping beat poet who quotes Shakespeare over a couple of fags at truck stops and constantly avoids letting love in. Andre, stop typing. Unless it's the love of, like, a harsh coastal wind in her face. Nomadland is like... A, who is typing? I'm not typing. It's not me. It's Maya. She's busted. <gasps> oh, my God, Maya. <laughs> Take it away, anyway, Take it away. I don't know. Nomadland is like this poverty portrait set in like these liminal landscapes between Amazon conveyor belts, gas station toilets, national parks. From Chloe Zhao, who this is her second film, she's about to shift gears hard in a Kate Shortland somersault to ScarJo kind of way into like Marvel millionaire she previously directed The Rider, which is not a Vox explanation of Francis McDormand's Oscar speech, but an award-guzzling homoerotic sunset social realist docu about a broken rodeo cowboy coming to terms with his fading dreams. If Kelly Reichardt's first cow charted the beginning optimism of highway capitalism at the start of 2020, Nomadland documents and bookends its melancholy end without dipping too hard into nihilism. I took my nana, who hates extremist cinema. And she turned to me and said, that's the best film I've ever seen, which has been my favourite cinema moment since Finding Out Mika Levy listens to this show. Jenny, <laughs>
1: that is such a review of Nomadland because all I could think about when I was watching this was, why is this film servicing Frances McDormand so much? Like, do we really need to give her more clout? And that was something that really cock-blocked me from engaging with this film, the fact mm-hmm. that the lead performer is someone with so much fame and celebrity and... And personality. I just wish that they cast someone who, who wasn't Frances McDormand in the lead to show that you know street casting works. I mean, if Sean, I know. They, if Sean Baker I think can do it, maybe so
0: Frances McDormand read the book. You know,
1: she was the only one that read the book, and that's why I it just just got made. I just
0: can't. Like, I think my movie resolution of New York of um, the New Year is like no more adaptations.
1: No more adaptations, strictly no more adaptations. After The
0: Dry and Nomad Land, as much as I loved Nomad Land so much more than The Dryer, I just it does leave you a little bit cold. Huh? Well, this unless is why a, unless it's an adaptation of an article, you know, I'm not gonna count Bling Ring out.
1: If we are talking about no adaptations, I think the best thing to talk about is Fran Lebowitz because she refuses to turn her over uh, into an adaptation. And in the work that I'm gonna review, which is Pretend it's a City. She talks about everything, but what's in her books. So let's play the trailer, or are we going to go to a break first? Do we have time?
2: First, let's let uh, Jen's review settle.
1: All right. Let's let's take it
2: all in. Let it Um, marinate. We're going to go to Danica with I Don't Want to Be With Anyone here on FBI 94.5. taking on to the second part of uh, two takes here on Movies, 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 and now we are on to Andre's very cheeky one, Uh, Pretend It's a City. I can see a little teaser of what's about to be said and I'm very intrigued. Let's hear a little bit about it.
1: Yes, in the back. Hey Fran, I
3: actually never heard of you before.
1: That's really a good way to break the ice.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Fran Lebowitz.
0: People frequently are infuriated by me because I'm filled with opinions. In New York, there are millions of people,
1: and the only person looking where she's going is me. I should write a manifesto, the title of
3: which would be, Pretend It's a City. It would take one subway ride for the Dalai Lama to turn into a lunatic, <laughs> raging
2: person. I'm the- Oh my gosh, Fran Leibovitz is so
1: funny. Andre? She's so iconic. She's so iconic. I can already tell I'm going to get a text in from some FBI listener uh, complaining about me even appreciating this. So Take let it me away. just uh, unashamedly say that this is the best thing to have graced Netflix almost ever, and that is counting. Actually, I, I can't even positively say that because I don't watch that much Netflix, but this, in my opinion, is the best thing to happen on Netflix it's the only period piece by Martin Scorsese worth watching, apart from his comedy *The Departed*. And its greatness is partly due to the fact that it's also an opportunity to ridicule Spike Lee while talking about basketball. It's a walk through never boring New York. That's a quote from Fran Lieberwitz, and an exciting witnessing act of Fran just talking endlessly with everything about anything. And I think her conviction comes from unfair, self-professed higher judgment. But Fran, she doesn't claim to be the best judge, just the best judger, Uh, which can't be said of other famous judges. I'm thinking like uh, Larry David, Seinfeld, just to name a couple of bros. So for softies who loathe people with an opinion, aka all my friend, beware, this is the most Fran Fran has ever been. And... It's, it's almost surprising that it's on Netflix because I can't think of anything less Fran than Netflix, yet Netflix is where it's at. It's called Pretend It's a City and it's Fran and Martin just talking and talking and talking and it is enabling me in the worst ways, Jen. Do you feel
0: that? I don't feel that it's enabling you in the worst ways. It's enabling all of us in the best ways. I just can't believe I found this on Netflix and not some VHS rip on YouTube, you know what I mean? Totally, totally. I know. I think that maybe... I wonder if they already had a deal with
1: Netflix because of The Irishman and because they already made public speaking on HBO. They were like, look, it's been 10 years. HBO is no longer popping. Netflix is where it's at for us. But you're right, though. This should be on movie. It's.
0: I also just love that... Scorsese's approach to this is sit her down with, like, an iced coffee in a bar with pool happening in the background and then cut to little archival bits. Like, the archive is really just a scroll through Martin Scorsese's, like, spank bank. Of- I know. Totally. And I love that about it because it then makes you realise that the whole show is just
1: about interesting ways of telling history in the same way that mm. Agnes Varda does with all her films. It's just uh, talking and talking and explaining, but then you realise that it's not just a myopic worldview. It's actually encompassing all these different artists and cultural figures. Like at one point she's talking about Marvin Gaye and then she talks about Muhammad Ali and then she's talking about some poet who wrote in New York City and then she's talking about The Age of Innocence and she's just ricocheting through all these icons and giving you the most thorough and enjoyable and funny walkthrough of American history, which I know can be a bit frustrating for some people and a bit, you know, tedious. But I don't know. That's all I want to watch on Netflix. I could watch this for hours on end. It's a shame that it's not a I wish this was a night I wish this was a three hour movie, because that to me is way more exciting than watching this as episodes. Oh,
2: I didn't realise it Jen. was episode based.
1: It's a TV show. It's a show. Yeah, there's seven episodes.
0: episodes. Each one has a thematic. They get more and more dangerous as we go on. When I mean dangerous, I mean the final episode talks about books. So, Mm. brace
1: Damn. I I haven't named every single person that gets name dropped, but there are so many American icons in this. Um, Olivia
0: Wilde giggles. Basically, everyone is set up to interview her. Alec Baldwin's the only one who gets an actual question in.
1: That's true. That's very, very true. And it's just talking. It's just talking. And it's the what most beautiful it, talking. it, Alec Baldwin's,
0: like, weird, like, boyish haircut in it?
1: I know. It's so strange because he famously has very thick, healthy, juicy hair. I don't know why they gave him some tepid brown wig. Like a gran- I also
0: was at a young promising woman, promising young woman yesterday, and he's in some Scottish road movie about, like, naughty priests and, and a drug heist. What is it like career now.
1: That's scary to me. I know I'm already going to get so many hateful messages from FBI listeners. So I'm just going to add to the hate and say that I think Alpul Baldwin's hot. Yeah, right I don't there. think
0: you're going to get hateful hateful messages for like supporting Fran Lebowitz. Okay, I mean, she thank does God. say some problematic things, but I mean, she doesn't claim to be the voice you should listen to on all these things. Also, did she date Toni Morrison? Is that confirmed or is
2: that just <gasps>
1: suggested? I, I would love... Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm. Spoiler alert. I'm going to tell you the last thing that happens in this whole series. They dedicate the whole no, show... No, to, no, no,
2: no. Don't, 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 don't.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's okay, not really a twist. <laughs> it's not even a, It's not a twist or a spoiler, but it's, I'll let you know that something happens. At, the last shot of this whole show is a tearjerker. There. Oh, all right. That's all.
2: We'll stick around, right
1: stick around, stick around, stick around for Spotlight. I'm in an interrupting mood today, Maya. I am sorry. We are talking to actor <laughs> and former Canberra Natalie Morris, star of Bump, a critically acclaimed Stan show, about a high schooler who gives birth to, that's right, a baby. Bump is streaming on Stan and also stars Claudia Carvin, but we're talking to the real star of the show, Natalie Morris, after the break.
2: And on that, we will be right back. Here's a little bit of Raj Mahal for you. There's a language warning on guarantee.
3: y'all niggas, man. Y'all niggas give me the heat and man. Y'all ain't fucking with Big Boss. top dog, my hall, man. Yeah. No. Whoosh. Whoosh. There Sheed, I'm that nigga that's keeping me real light. Like, why he mad? Because I'm off to some shit and things he ain't got. Why they act so surprised? Come on, nigga. I'm being hot. Need a bag every day. I'm the you. see some bread like a motherfucking toaster rather end up dead than no talent being hopeful see some niggas shed like a motherfucking cobra getting right keep my head tight like I'm supposed to niggas square so I treat these niggas like Goku. roll me up, push me to the edge fuck like was coastal of course when I get some money act like I don't need that nigga that's keeping me real lot. Why he mad? Cause I'm onto some shit in Vencine got. Why the act so surprised? Come on, nigga, I've been hot. Need a bad game yeah, day, I be grinding for big nice. Guaranteed I'm that nigga that's keeping me real lot. Why he mad? Cause I'm onto some shit in Vencine got. Why the act so surprised? Come shit swole, I need my shit bold, fuck a baby step now I ain't trying to tip your toe need a check with commas and some shades of Cheerios can't nobody fuck with soon enough y'all really know, Can Knievel yeah I'm trying to stunt, every day I'm on a hunt, till a nigga got a bunch of tape stuck, to the streets like some motherfucking thugs ain't too many niggas solid most y'all motherfucking fun, every I'm that nigga that's keeping me real, like, why he mad, cause I'm on to some shit that things he got, why they act so surprised, come on nigga, I've been hot, need a bag every day, I be grinding for big knots. guaranteed, I'm that nigga that's keeping me real, like, why he mad, cause I'm on to some shit that he got, why they act so surprised,
0: Spotlight. Spotlight. You ready for the big presentation?
4: I'm a bit nervous.
3: Okie dokie, who's ready to go?
4: Yes! Oh. Hey FBI, my name's Natalie Morris. And we're going to be talking about my new stand show, Bum. Bump.
1: Congratulations. It feels like your own stand show considering how many billboards i've seen at the airport of your face with bump right next to it oh
4: my god it's um, it's like excessive sometimes it's like nine bus stops in a row
1: i also wonder if that advertising is effective i don't want to pull down the posters with your face on them but i also think i i need it to be on my phone for me to care <laughs> when i watch bump i think about all the teen dramas that i watched that were made in america Or things that were made overseas. What I was curious about with you is when you were approached to make Bump. You were like, "Okay, I'm making Australian teen drama. I need to recalibrate and look to the place where I actually grew up."
4: I I don't, I don't actually watch a lot of Australian TV. I remember when I auditioned, we were in lockdown, and I was watching The Office for the first time, like the American Office. And for some reason, when I read the scripts and it was like fast-paced comedy at the time, I was like more thinking about like Steve Carell and like the whole cast and how kind of silly and ludicrous they were. That was like my main in for the script. But other than that, I, I don't think I was like, oh, I need to, I need to kind of recalibrate. I need to recreate something that I've seen overseas, but make it Australian. Or I think I just was like, oh, how do I relate to the content? For for now, I think my starting point is like. Okay, well, I just need to like, do me. I just need to try to be natural and um, figure out who I am and what I can bring to the role. But Angus Sampson said this thing to me on set once. He was like, "I can't remember." It was like it was like two part advice, and the first part I can't really remember, but it was like have fun or something. And then the second part was like represent your family and friends. Mm. And I really like that. I think that that's I'm gonna steal that. And Fair I think enough. that's sort of how I approached it was just kind of do me, do the people I know, do things that my friends would like.
1: How do you know when you read an Australian script that it's something that you want to do?
4: I think I get more excited by Australian scripts.
1: Oh, wrong, wrong answer. <laughs>
4: <laughs> um I think I I think just like the speech pattern I just find more natural or more I don't know, I, I find I find when I can relate to a script, I really like a script. I think American scripts tend to be I think people tend to talk more. They tend, like, Australian scripts tend to be very, like, um, there's a lot that's unsaid, I think. Which I hate I, that. I, I hate
1: I, that so much. That really annoys <laughs> me.
4: I hate it when shows are underwritten. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, when, what, like, like a, like, I love, like, um, oh, the best example is, like, The Bridge, the Swedish Danish one. like, so much dialogue like constantly talking everything, which is like nice because it's more natural than, you know what I mean? Like I would, I would almost
1: argue that it is a characteristic of every Australian TV show, that it's underwritten.
4: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just like a pretty natural thing. Like you read something and it reminds you of something else and then you do research on that and then it leads you to something else and then you do research on that. At least You kind of just like form this world in your head of like who the character might be or what they remind you of. Or, and then that starts to come out in your own life as well. And like you start to see the relationships of the script in your friends or like in um, your family. And you start to like live, you start to recognize the character inside you in your daily life. And that all starts to happen sort of naturally. And then you start shooting, at least for me, I start shooting. And I don't, I try not to think about anything. I try, I try just to like let, um, I guess, intuition or instinct take over at that point. I used to be like, okay, like what are the beats? What are my actions? What, Animal is she or what like just so many different techniques that you can that we will you learn oh. at drama school apply but yeah that's like really boring for me now now and I think it results in like quite a stiff performance like not, not a natural performance so I'm trying to just get better and better at um, not doing anything yeah.
2: <laughs> You wanna hold it?
0: Yeah what do you
2: It's just pressed. There we go. Natalie Morris, star of Bump, interviewed uh, by Jen and Andre for Movies, Movies, Movies. Andre, you're on the move.
1: I know. I just got a text. Can you guys hear me? I'm just on the move right now. Just testing, testing. Can you hear me? I just got a text saying that my copy of Metropolitan Life has arrived. in Newtown, so i am on the move right now i've got my mask i got my sunnies i think i'm gonna have to sign off for the rest of the day because i'm gonna get lit with fran um i hate that to brag, interview but
0: yes, that, that, in, that interview made me think of what fran said about needing to relate to like a character and how that's just so deeply not important to her
1: i know when she's talking about how stories don't matter she's just like i don't care about the story if it's a good ri- if it's well written then that's fine well, Sorry, I just haven't friend up enough. I need to, like, lube myself up with Fran's book and then I'll talk to you guys, okay?
2: Uh, love it. Um, you two will be back in a fortnight, but in the meantime, you can listen back to everything movies, movies, movies related. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from, just look up FBI Radio and movies, movies, movies will be right there. You could also listen back at fbiradio.com slash programs. Just click on mornings with Maya Billick. That's my name in case you missed it. Jen, Andre, it's always a pleasure.
0: Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Love you guys.
2: We are going to hop into some local music. As always, here on FBI, it's 50% Australian music with half of that from Sydney every day, every hour. Right here, we've got Madam Empress. This podcast is produced by FBI Radio in Sydney. Find more at fbiradio.com slash podcasts.